Like last 10 years versus the next 10 years, it's going to be fun. It's going to be chaotic. It's going to be a good time. I think Jason can take this one. So where do we where do we begin? Let's put it that way. I think I think you want to talk about brown people investing or just just uh, just overall uh, overall venture as a as a whole. Yeah, I'll say what I said at the PEVC club just last week, right? Which you all are a part of, and they, they did another event with the G Tech, I think. So I just kind of ju- jumped in there and moderated a panel. So a few things that venture is charged with, and Jason, please jump in here. So. Our, all our job really is at the end of the day is to kind of reduce the friction to innovation and invention, right? And kind of minimize and, and then hopefully uh, our main plan is to unlock tremendous value for the consumer and uh, and then obviously make make it be, have a profitable company so we can do that. And, then I, and I love this space because it's chaotic as hell. Now, you're searching for that economic unlock uh, to subsidize the innovation because they're not profit. Uh, profitable early on so we're trying to help them scale right so that's going and it's already happening in this amazing country which i think that's why a lot of people from our diaspora are doing well in this space right because right. it's the entrepreneurial mindset got to go for it let's give it all let's sacrifice today for an amazing tomorrow kind of alluding to what you said earlier jason so two three decades ago so venture started in the 70s uh you know but two three decades ago you couldn't go to them as readily the people if they wanted to start a business maybe similar to your families they would have had to mortgage their home so they're putting their families at risk right now vc enables you to keep your family out of harm's way generally and free to you kind of with an equity play and is the you know to the trade per se giving you the means and resources to kind of move forward with your idea without putting your family at risk. And then hopefully we can generate some amazing companies, revenues, create jobs, all of this stuff. Um, But the last 10 years has been incredibly low interest rates, right? So it made it easy. So you'll see a lot of people in VC, like a lot of us did well, right? And then, but then is that because we're smart or because it was kind of an easier environment? So that's going to come true in the next 10 years. I think the next decade is going to be, somewhat dissimilar to the last 10 years for that very way. The low interest rates, cost of capital is cheap. You could take ideas and just go. Now, the one, that's the benefit to it. The Ubers of the world came out of it. And private markets, great. It's great utility. Profitable, eh, we'll, try, we'll, we'll figure that out at some point. Airbnb, Teslas came out of this arena, right? But on the flip side, if the cost of capital was a little bit more expensive, maybe we, these companies would have been more efficient. We wouldn't have overhired. We wouldn't have over spent on resources and we would have kept a leaner operation and less compression on margins and that's what we're so that's what we're going to see moving forward in my opinion let me stop talking for a bit you jump in because um, I, I can go geeky on this <laughs> well, what, what i think there's a, there's a strong strong correlation between the vc world and what's happening with the recession what's happening with markets and there's like basically a direct correlation in regards to it's it's funny i, I feel like a vc firm is like a is like a big kid with a lot of money, right? We're just trying to, we, we're, we're like 17, we got a lot of money and we're trying to figure out what the next thing is to spend money on, right? The next Hot Wheels, the next, uh, you know, whatever. And I think <laughs> it's important because like, this is what I want to ask you and I'll, and I'll get to it in a moment, but this, this consistent upwards and downwards trend, primarily downwards that we're seeing now, especially after 2020 specifically, you know, like uh, in VC specifically, you see a, a slow, slow increase, 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 and then a boom right when the recession hits. And then right now we're coming off of that peak. And I know you say soft landings are a myth and, and they're not necessarily something that yep. is easy to do. It's never happened. And, it's never happened yeah, in American history. I completely agree. But where Which does that fine. leave the VC firm or firms? And there's many of them, the brown, not brown, white, whatever. It actually doesn't matter. The VC is VC. 
And what what do you see? For, I think there's a change in mindset entirely, just like what you're saying, where you're focusing on not just the money spent, but now the innovation comes out of this, right? Where can I spend my money where there's going to be the most innovation? I think that that wasn't necessarily the case where in when money's cheap, the idea is let's make more. Where money's harder to get, it's about where can I really solidify my investments? Where you see, let's say, 100 decks a month, depending on what's what's coming out. And now all of a sudden, you are selective then. And now you're looking at the same 100 decks, decks and you're saying, I, I can't even use 10. I need the I need the three, the two, the five, whichever yeah. ones that I know that, or I have, I have to use my gut instinct on this, my, my past experience, what might play, what not, what might not play. And like I said, direct correlation with the recession, right? Yeah, higher costs, survival of the best. Who's going to really think on their toes to bring out the best innovation? And of course, there's going to be a hundred flatline companies, but that one, that's all, that's all you really need. But how do yeah. you, in your seat, actually choose that because we see trends but we don't live in a day-to-day so how how does it impact you so people are going to become incredibly selective now so before so last two years right it was so let's 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 level that with like 2019 we used to basically say we look at a deal you have due diligence you take five six weeks okay we met with the company boom we're going to think about it for five six weeks we're going to actually go and look at the market the tam we talked about this class total addressable market where can they where are they now where can they grow it to the Uber example is perfect. It was a $4 billion private black car market. They grew it to $300 billion and they 70 X'd it, right? That's amazing. Uh, and then what can this company do now? So we're looking at that last couple of years. It became a shit show, meaning it was in the founder's favor, which is good. We want the founders to thrive, right? That's our whole point. But we want a win-win relationship because if we win, you win. That's if we're, if, we're, if we're all winning together. It became heavily founder-based last year. Like if you meet with them, literally in 10 minutes they wanted – to know if you're going to invest or not. If not, there's someone else because capitals, there's so much liquidity in the markets. They're like, okay, well, we'll find someone down the street two minutes after you leave. So kick rocks, right? Now it's recalibrating because capital's not as cheap. So then we remember, oh, you were kind of like, eh, when, when we were meeting the last couple weeks. But then deals were happening. Usually you have to be within an hour flight uh, of wherever you want to look because you don't want to be able to touch base once in a while. We were looking at deals on our phone. I keep pointing, throwing my phone up here. Now I'm actually getting to it. We would do deals on here. I'm in, I'm in five, six syndicates right now, just different text chains. We share deals and all that uh, just because we were looking at deals that we never would have looked at before just because it was easy the last couple of years. We're going to continue doing that, but it's going to be incredibly selective now. There's a ton of, so let me do this in two parts. There's a ton of dry powder because money was cheap up until late last year. So venture funds usually take three, remember we talked about this Jason in class and maybe you were there for that portion of neat when you popped in. Take three to five years to deploy the entire capital that we have in-house so there's some left over from last year, right? There's, I think there's like at the beginning of the year, there's around $250, $300 billion left across all these venture funds. So now you're going to start seeing that that's going to be starting to get deployed, but it's being in deployed in a very selective manner. So they want, so think about it. Uber, if you succeed in this market, if you're getting customer traction and retaining them and growing and scaling in this environment, that means you can pretty much, that means you're solid. That means you're keeping your margins impressive. You're keeping your operations, your CAC, your customer acquisition costs, like incredibly decent, let's say. Decent enough for, to keep us enticed. We want to play and with you in this market. Let's go capture the market. So we're looking for that. If you're just some duck dude like with an idea that's not going to show us how you can execute and run operations in a lean manner, it's not going to work. And that's happening a lot, right? And people get pissy. If you don't invest in their company, they get they, they court you, they court you, but if you can't invest in everything. There's only so much capital everyone has. Even Elon can't invest in everything. Well, apparently, sometimes he can talk himself into doing some dumb shit. But he's the smartest dude I know. <laughs> I mean, I have heard of. But he... 
we can't invest in everything. And then people get a little salty with you when you can't invest, but you can't, right? Because sometimes the metrics don't make sense for, maybe it makes sense for another fund, but not for your own funds. So you're going to go strict to your thesis. We all have our own thesis of what we invest in. Don't come to me with health tech unless it's benefiting an athlete because that's where I invest. So don't come to me with biotech because that's I'm gonna take I'm gonna send you to Neith and then her peers because I don't know that space well. My wife kind of does, but I don't know that space. So I'm going to we're gonna go. We have a thesis that our mandate we're in entertainment tech plays that we can scale that meet these kind of if they're if an NBA player can become more efficient we're gonna get involved. Those kind of things. But if it doesn't if it falls out of our domain we're not gonna even look at it because we can't now. We have to be incredibly selective. Long winded answer. Avneeth, you want to jump in there for a minute? Then I can show you what's gonna happen with the interest rates after that. I think this topic is great. I, I sit a little bit outside of finance. I'm more on the strategy side. So more like, oh, how do we make business move, right? A little, and more like early pipeline, helping people figure out business development, M&A, right? So the thing I find most interesting is, is I think I saw an article maybe two weeks ago where they said, was it Techstars? Or what if the accelerators called 50% of the businesses and their accelerator. Yeah, and I think yeah. it was in Africa, right? Um, and obviously, anyone who knows business and recessions, they know buy low, sell high, right? Um, but I'm honestly a little bit unsure about what this disruption means. Because when I think about WeWork, I think WeWork works better now than it did 10 years ago. Because yeah. now everyone's a hybrid employee, right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like some of the ideas that we had before that we're making fun of, we might actually find better use from them now just because of the massive cultural, social, physical disruption we saw in the past two years. Life has changed. Ways of working have changed, right? Even the way we're doing this podcast, right? So I think beyond, um, beyond just, you know, the interest numbers jumping up, really having to make sure we streamline and are really, um, making sure we're picking the right businesses. We also have to make sure we're, we have the right framework for what the future looks like because it will not be the same as it was even a couple of years ago. What liquid cash, what we'll be putting liquid cash into in the next five or six years um, might entail a completely different investment thesis, right? And different variables and different um variables that we find important for a business to be functional. So I, I think that's my hot take. No, and it's it's going to be so look, Disney, Uber, Airbnb, all these companies came out of recessions, right? Because they knew they met a consumer demand and it was phenomenal. Like you talk about WeWork. We've we've talked about this, I think you and I and Jason have talked about this several times. Yeah. WeWork made no sense at a fifty billion dollar valuation. It makes perfect sense at a four billion dollar valuation. I think it's lower than that right now. Right. Because mm-hmm. you know Adam Newman is Okay, when you watch We Crashed, it's a phenomenal, you know, and you use, okay, this is, and the reason he was able to raise capital again at a $350 million clip at a, at a, at a billion dollar valuation from Andreessen Horowitz, one of the top, in the top five, right, Hall of Famers in venture space, was because he's charismatic. He sucks at operations, right? He's, he's not, he's, he sucks at execution, but the idea is there. And then Andreessen wanted to get in early, just on a side note, is because, hey, in the secondary markets, when they go and upsell and the next layer of capital comes in, they're going to already, like, whatever X their money in that short period of time. So they thought, let's get in, because he's good. If you listen to him, if I was in that league, you know, if I had $15 billion to play with with a B, I'd buy back him for a similar amount, because 
he's charismatic as hell, and you you want to you believe in everything he says because he just knows how to sell, and that's what you need. You need someone who can sell your idea, and then people jump on. It's probably horseshit. Uh, we'll see at the end of the day. Uh, you know, WeWork's thriving ish now, and I think it will as they figure out the models moving forward. But they're not going to get into all the other ancillary plays as far as like the baby care, daycare thing. That they needed to build a core thing and make it profitable, and then kind of branch it, branch out. Uh, I think that's what's happening. One interesting thing that came out of the last two years, now that you're seeing a difference, is you can't push the thought of profitability into the future anymore. You're like, oh, we're going to be profitable in three years. Last year you could say, okay, well, cool. Here's another check for two, three mil, whatever. Keep running. Now they're going to say, no, you can't keep pushing that down. Show me how you're going to be profitable. Three, six, nine t- months, 12 months, whatever it is, and what's your kind of plan to get there and show me how you're, sh- give me the data right now to show me what, how you're getting there. And mitigation plans. Hey, so if supply chain is disrupted, hey, if there's another um, pandemic, what are you going to do? Is this a mitigation resilient business, right? Yeah. Is this a resilient business, yeah. really? And what's going to happen is so interest rates should remain high for a significant portion of time. And that could be like 6, 12, 18 months. Who knows? Right? It might be longer. It won't be like the last 10 years, but I think we'll get back to that at some point because, long story short, other countries will start lowering their rates so they can get become more competitive globally. Then we're going to do the same, even though it's not the right thing to do, right? Because we want to compete economically on a global level. Let's put that aside. Now, what we should do is kind of just let, keep these interest rates. So we need to stop spending. We're a consumer economy in America. We spend too much. You know, we, we you know, you know, we're, people had savings that's dwindled down now because now they're actually out and spending again. But credit has gone up, which means they're spending. But they're not doing it from savings. They're doing it from credit and they're borrowing, right? There's, and so there's a cost to that borrowing. So that's dangerous. We consume too much, which is also driving prices and inflation continues to happen then. We need to kind of calm the hell down and stop spending so much so then the economy can recalibrate, right? We're not going to do it, though. We never have. We never will. <laughs> it doesn't seem like we will, right? But then we'll just lower interest rates at some point when it, things hit the fan and then we'll try to recalibrate. If we hit – so let's say we are close to 0.1% cost of capital last chunk of years – and if we hit 3 to 5%, let's say, in the next two, four, two, three, four years, five years, right? What's going to happen, you're going to see a, the initial thing will be a shock. We're like, oh, damn, how do we play in this market? But then eventually we'll learn how to play. Okay, if we're at five, if this money costs me 5%, then my margins need to be, boom, drive it up X, right? And then we'll learn to live and play in that environment, and then we'll crush it. People will crush it again. Some people will, some people won't. But then, so they, but the initially, it's going to be a shock because we're so used to what the last 10 years is. I also tell folks, you're in a, like, so 2008, 2009 changed my life. I went deep in stock trading, right? And, and not trading, just acquiring. And then, you know, now it's worth something. I went deep in. I got into it in 2005-ish. And, like, I was all tech because that's what I knew. And I went in. And those things thrived in the last, you know, 12, 15 years just because of low cost and, you know, the greater growth in, in these companies. And then mutual funds said, hey, these companies, they parked a lot of capital into these companies. And they're not going to pull it out because they just have they have to, you know, appease their consumer base. So that's how we kind of got fortunate. Now, I'm saying those prices, if you believe Apple's around five years from now, Amazon's around five years from now, Meta, we're going to have to see what their new model is, but you'd, I would never bet against Zuck. I wouldn't short him here. I might, I'm picking up a little bit here, but I'm not picking up anywhere near as much as I would pick up Apple. And I think in Microsoft, Google. Google's the most defensible company in the world. 
and we can get into that another day because it's so I, I'm a big pro, Apple is my largest shareholding but Google is so dope you could get in there and probably get venture like returns since 2000 you know adventures you know you're you're owning like 10 to 30 percent 40 percent of the company private equity gets 100 uh, percent this is falling in our lines how we met initially that club if you're going to get your portion of that back, and then so you're going to get, you want to get 20, 30, 40x return on your money, you were getting that and just buying Apple and low risk, right? I mean, technically, you got 600, 700% return the last 10 years. I think Tesla was a million percent return, whatever it was, right? Uh, so I know someone that has, at when it was at its peak, had $10 million worth of Tesla stock, and he, had, he hadn't put nowhere near that, but it just had ridden up so far 10 million in his personal account I'm like good for you man it's probably half that right now if not even less uh, but he thinks it's going to ride again and tesla there's so many things tucked under that umbrella right that solar x and all you know what's the inner earth starlink starlink right? yeah yeah that's going to be an amazing play look what it did for for a short period of time ukraine i mean it provided access right so these are beautiful things that are under the umbrella think what you may of elon he's one of the most brilliant innovators and founders and he gets shit done <laughs> and quickly right uh twitter Let's see if it makes sense, but he makes a WeChat out of it. We'll see. I'm going all over the place. It's just that my point was major shock for the next couple of years when rates, you know, are going to interest rates going to be low because we're going to have to learn how to work in this new environment. But you can also look at the tech stock market because I think things are on discount right now. They may even go lower from here, right? The recession is going to, I think we're already two, three quarters into the recession. I think now it looks like it'll probably take us another two, three quarters to kind of stabilize. But stock market is going to rip before that. Um, and that's not, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying if it's going to happen, place your bets. <laughs> that's when, when do you think it's going to be the perfect time to place that bet? Is it right now? Okay, Was so it a week ago? Me to be a fortune teller. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I, I don't And My gentleman put, they didn't say that I would know how to do this stuff, but, <laughs> but so, okay. Just to be safe, since no one can pick a bottom, not even Warren Buffett, right? Uh, he, you, the safe thing to do is it's a cliche term dollar cost average in mm -hmm. like hey when it dips I'm buying things that I like things that I understand I don't buy things I don't understand because I don't know how those metrics work uh, and I've you know so but that's what I would do if you see it like it dipped today so I picked up because the you know 75 bips raise and December is going to be the you know next week if Republicans take control, which they probably will, because Dems keep effing, you know, screwing things up, uh, you know, they had a shoe in with the abortion thing. They could have just like, you know, played the chorus, but then they keep fighting amongst each other. Whereas Republicans fall in line. That's going to be a big shift. Market might rip for a little bit. We might have these mini bear market rallies, but um, and then, but in December, if they if he does fifty instead of seventy five in December, Paul, it could just rip, right? And then and into into the end of the year, which is kind of what we were saying a couple of months ago on the pod, but. Who knows? Can't predict it, but you can dollar cost average in. Jason, any take on when you think the bottom in the market might be? Ooh, that's a that's a serious question. Tell I think me now. I my my I have my globe out. The auras. I can feel the 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 spirit speaking to me. It's, <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I just showed the pundit today. Got my dates anyway. But uh, I think it's going to be right before the fall next year, and I I think that's going to be like the the. The heavy, like the summertime is okay. going to be rough, and I think it's going to, it's going to, the heaviest time is going to be the summer to the fall. September, we tend to get like a kind of a rip after the a lag in August and things. Okay. So I'm, I, I was, I threw it out there like two, three quarters into the recession already. I think we have another two, three quarters. Is it similar yeah. sentiment? Okay. Avneet, are you, you think that? What are you thinking? I'm, you know, I'm keeping an eye on the real estate market right now as well. Okay. So, 
in my mind, I think real estate is going to be prime in six to eight months, personally. Prime um, to buy. Prime to buy. Yeah, um, okay. And when it, everyone's afraid right now, you got to get people, you got to kind of follow consumer psychology. And I think everyone's terrified right now. And you got <laughs> kind of got to get people when they're shaking in their boots because then it becomes a buyer's market, right? Um, when it comes to stocks, I don't really know, to be honest, because I, in my mind, I wonder more, what's the agile business? That even if I put my money here, even if it's at its cheapest, which is going to be agile and strong enough to actually be the best type of return. So what changes are they making now, instituting now where I look at and I'm like, okay, they're thinking 10 years ahead. They're thinking supply disruption. They're thinking lockdowns. They're thinking awful world changing events. Right, Jason? I think. I, I I agree with everything you're saying. In fact, when it comes to like things like that, I think it, this is a good segue into like some of the the tech and stuff we were going to talk about because I really think that so for the last two years I've been hearing the term blockchain, Bitcoin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, like no tomorrow, and I truly, truly believe that it's not necessarily the 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 Bitcoin idea, but the architecture that lies behind, and I think that's where the money Boom. is. I think Boom. that. I think the future of programming is coming that coincides with the architecture that's about to be built. This idea of free free data for everyone. It's like, we talked about this a million times. You guys have discussed this on the pod, but I'm like, by me using your app, downloading some stupid calendar or whatever the case may be, I'm just giving you all of my data for free. So now... Yeah. How do we how do we get trusted architecture? And that's I think that's where the money is. You tell me. I think AI solid. And I AI think is going to crush it. It's going to like this. I recently saw a demo of uh, this. Dolly, right? Dolly. No. Oh yes, Dolly, Dolly, Dolly. It's insane. That's not not even that. But but I, I went to like a like a this uh, this AI conference in the city recently, and this guy like made me put on this virtual headset, and I I never I'm not a big fan or. Not a, maybe I wasn't a big fan. Now I am, but I didn't know anything about it. I know like my nephews play like Star Wars on it on like on like uh, like Oculus and stuff. I get it, but like you put these goggles on, it it makes you feel like you're in your office. It's like insanely good. You need another monitor. It's not even about getting a physical monitor. Like there's one just there in front of five of them, six of them, and as productivity will be on a rise. I feel like I'm I'm very excited about this, as you can tell, but. Um, the idea of, like I said, architecture, I think infrastructure is important. Yeah. AI is going to be at the tip of that. The idea with the chips, with like the sourcing American chips as opposed to sourcing, sourcing Chinese chips or whatever the case may be. I think that's there's gold chips there. Huge. Just a matter of time. And then kind of combining all that is going to be... So now the, the companies that are going to obviously invest in this, we know, you know the big firms, obviously Apple, the Amazon, the Google, etc. But... There's a niche market who's going to really take this and go, and then eventually they'll be acquired by Amazon, Google, et cetera, et cetera. But you can find those <laughs> or someone else, some other there. group, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not Intel used to be hot at one point, right? It's no longer. IBM used to be hot and no longer. Intel's got a DC CEO though now, I think, right? Um, but think about blockchain. We should have. Blo- it's going to be enabled in some. I agree completely. Not investment advice, but chips. If you need chips for everything, your refrigerator, your car, Apple is going to make a deep play into your car. Right, that's their next playground. Besides connected homes, can be connected car and everything in that screen and other things you can do with it. Oil change time. Boom. Let's set it up. Boom. I'm going to hook you up with a local guy. Let's go. Uh, everything. Our dressers. Yay. Your clothes. Whatever. You can. Anything we can. It will be. Everything will be chip AI enabled or whatever. It, those all need chips. Just saying. I think we talked about this last time, Jason. So that might be a place to look, <laughs> you know, not investment advice. 
blockchain, imagine if we, so a lot of people receive pandemic money that never should have, you know, because we, I get it. Once in a lifetime pandemic, hopefully, they're flooding the markets with Milk people it. with money. Yeah. And some people, like Kanye got money. You know, I was a big fan of him until like he just went ape shit on himself. Uh, but, you know, he got money and he had to return it. He didn't need money. He was close to being a billionaire at the time if he wasn't already, right? So people like them got it, but then a lot of people that couldn't get it. But imagine if we had some sort of digital currency or digital way to get people, hey, these people are in this income bracket, flood them with them and spend it on the right things. Our jackass, jackass population went and bought StockX shoes and stupid that was arbitrary. Now when the rent's due, oh, damn. So we got inflation. That you know, We did it to ourselves, a lot of people. I never got a steamy check, but I heard it was nice. <laughs> you know, But like a lot of people didn't spend that wisely or save it wisely, and I get it because Vinita and I were talking about, hey, we're a consumption economy, and that's what we do. The blockchain, think of it this way. It's like what we had... You guys are probably too young, but like 2000, oh, you know, you've heard about the dot-com crash. Everyone was getting capital and boom. But guess what? It crashed. Good stuff came out. Amazon came out of that environment. A lot of companies. We're going to have that. I think that's where we are now. Metaverse is going to be a thing. I don't think we're there yet, anywhere near it. But Zuck might be the guy. He may not be the guy, but I don't, I'm not going to knock him. I, need I, I think, so, again, me, me with my anecdotes and hot takes. I have a friend who's like kind of a medium and she's like kind of like she's you could call her abundance without being abundant like she's really she but she she had this feeling she's like of me i think the internet's gonna change and i'm like what do you mean and i agree with her um because i feel like the internet is entering wild wild west territory mm. and i think the internet is now like a tool for how do you put it it's a tool for disruption. It's a tool for community building and it's a tool for building your own reality that mm -hmm. isn't tied to actual nature, right? That isn't tied to the winds of change that anything that is physical or brick and mortar will have to deal with. What do I think is going to happen with Twitter? I think Elon's going to try to make it a virtual town hall. I and think, WeChat, yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're now entering the age of the internet where you can literally build your own world. You can design your desk, right? Even if you don't, don't have that in, in physical. And you can design, you know, political disruption, social disruption, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the same way we didn't know what to do with the internet um, back during the dot-com boost, we don't know what to do with crypto. We don't know what to do with this huge yeah. internet landscape that is um, almost at this point too powerful to be controlled, right? Because you can build yeah. your own reality. You can build your own narrative. You can put out a meme, whether it's true or not, um, and form community around that. So I think right now we don't know what to do with crypto because we haven't quite, I'm mean, sorry, AI, blockchain, because we haven't quite seen um, the communities that are now forming, right, and building their own platforms outside of mainstream yeah. platforms going to do but i think we should sit hold on to our seats and observe these people carefully and then jump pounce when we see what they're doing with it and make sure we're responsible stewards of that it would be nice to have block oh go ahead jason sorry go ahead all i was going to say was that that it's it's similar it's interesting because we created the internet to be the world wide web and now we're deglobalizing the world wide web does that make <laughs> okay. sense perfect sense 
uh, yeah, it's siloed. You you now you 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 go to the pages that you want to see because at some point in time you had a Facebook ad that happened to sway your opinion in 2015, and now you're all about that QAnon stuff. Not knocking anybody. You like QAnon? Cool. I see but, your poster behind you, Jason. I get you. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It does not. The thing that I, the, the thing that you. <laughs> this is a medical degree, you ladies and gents. Uh, but my point is, yeah. So we're 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 taking we put all we put up all these barriers, and now we're taking them all down just to see what happens next. And to Anise's point, it's important to pay attention, and the people that pay attention are going to be the ones that can, can that can pounce or, or or take advantage of the situation in a positive way, not a negative way, to to set. Up success for the next decade, two decades, the China twenty, you know, twenty fifty thing, etc. I don't like that. The I don't like how it will become more isolated. Look, I I want us to be able to be. I want us to be in, in person, touching and feeling, not Governor Cuomo style, but like you know, we got we need to see people. But I also like, hey, hey, if I don't feel like doing that today, I can entertain. Like you know, if I'm in India, Jason and Avnit say, hey, let's let's hang out in the Whiskey Hue Lounge. We can do that in the metaverse someday, and like we'll have a sponsor come in. We invite 15 of our friends, whatever we do, and we have a drink where we are, and then we can act like we're hanging. Those things are coming, and then look at all the commercial space around that, right? You can uh, my avatar. I can be Shaq one day. I can be Heidi Klum another. I can be Adriana, whatever. You know, I can be whoever I want, and, and that's the kind of cool thing. You'll sell different items to that person on their avatar, whatever. So those things are coming. There's commercial appeal for that. The blockchain. The only the only the scary thing in crypto, as we're seeing, is it's, if it's decentralized, truly. If Citibank goes down, there's insurance on the money up to a certain extent. In crypto, we have nothing. I know a lot of folks who've lost millions just because the where they had been tr- doing their crypto exchange and trading lost out, and they can't retrieve that money. It's locked out. They can't even access their money, and it's gone. So it's gone. It's ironic. It's the nature of exactly. the work. It's so ironic because when it works for you, it's great. The moment it doesn't yep. work for you, all of a sudden it becomes this giant evil. And it truly is. It's it's. It's heartbreaking, right? I've seen people lose fortunes over nothing, yeah. or you lose yeah. your, your your hot wallet and you're you're done. It's it's terrible. This is our dot com boost. Wouldn't you guys agree? I mean, dot com. Um, no, I agree. Bust, right? Well, that's what 100%, we're hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it's for crypto. For crypto, it's there, and someone will, some groups will come through, and then we'll build upon those. I think like the Ethereum type plays, where you're a protocol and have utility and a currency. Those are the type of plays Solana tried to be that. Solana, was I was just, I was just gonna say. So that. Solana's cool, but like, so, all right, you want me to do another thing? So like, okay, so the top five, six owners of Solana, it's kind of like a Ponzi scheme where they have like 50, 60, 70% ownership stake of the entirety of all the coins in there. Ethereum, 80% of that's available to the public markets, retail folks like us. That's safer. That means one group can't dictate what happens to 90% of America, you know, who are the owners of these coins. So that's safer, in my opinion. Solana's faster, but that's only because there's less security, right? Ethereum is doing a little more staking in the, that's, that's, so that's the only thing. But I'm not, I, I'm endorsing that, I, I believe that, more in Ethereum. I thought that Solana was the hot take for a, for a, for a second. I really did. And then once I found out exactly what you said in regards to lack of control, it really changes the game. But it also illustrates that perception is a thing you have to be very careful you have to understand what you're getting yourself into before you fully dive head in in my opinion since we put this all out there do you mind i don't know if i cut you up we should put this out there so let's say if you okay let's say you let's say you have two hundred thousand dollars make it make it a mill let's make it real a mill of apple a million and it tanks right but you had some sort of margin play against that and if you did that on some sort of leverage play in your stock in your stock account brokerage account 
the bank would come if you so if you had that much that means you probably have 10 20 million maybe you have some more than that right so they might come to you and say the bank will give you a week to resolve that hey let me liquidate some other assets so that i can cover my play here my and cover the leverage play here in blitch in blockchain in crypto you can't do that if you had a million in there and it starts going down which is all algorithm based it all sells out and there's nothing you are depleted you have no chance to reconcile that so your million dollars is gone so if you're someone that has 10 15 million if you're a wealthier player they'll they'll cater to you right banks will kind of just play with you on the side and say hey let's make this right you're a valued customer there's no chance for that in crypto right now which is scary it's truly decentralized and the algorithms start picking up if something are selling the algorithms in play Start everything starts selling and everyone loses out. That's that's the scary thing. I've been looking into it kind of deeply. So, go ahead, Avni. So, would we call this the era of the decentralized internet? Because we had the Twitters, we had the Instagrams, we had the Facebooks. Now we're having the bust. Now we're having decentralization, and people want, you know, to have a little bit more leeway with what they can do. It's almost like the dark net, the black net, whatever it's called, is now Uh-oh. mainstream right so i i, I wonder where is, jason is, buys a lot of his stuff <laughs> <laughs> that's where he gets his wine <laughs> but uh i um i do think that we are in the era of decentralization so so what what do we see next right what have we seen historically when decentralization occurs or as um jason was saying that deglobalization that we're attempting I beg to differ. I think that I think that we're heading in that direction. Shots fired. Definitely Shots. think that it's definitely there, but I think that it's too. It's still too soon. I think this coming generation, the Gen Z era. I think they're still going to live in it. They still thrive on it. It's just, and I, there is a there's there's a split. You access to to look at uh, a specific company that's doing something that's that's hot, and, and it's very much like the this idea of like the the OnlyFans thing where you own your content. And I, it's funny how we always come back to OnlyFans, but um, uh, make that you. <laughs> have you guys? So there's a company called Gumroad. Have you heard of this? G U M Road. So Gumroad is like a very very similar strategy to OnlyFans, e-commerce platform. Um, they allow they they allow the user to be in charge of their content, whether you're doing cooking classes or you're teaching someone how to change a tire, or whatever the case may be. Right? I mean, granted, we can go to YouTube for a lot of things, but niche specific aspects that you're trying to do are you can you can pay for, you can pay for that content, and then you'll the the owner takes all responsibility for it and all ownership of that. And I think that's this is what we're seeing, right? This decentralization where people are cognizant that my data is going to be used. The yeah. data is one aspect. And two, the fact that if I'm putting something out, I don't need no Sony music to be in the middle. I want to go straight to the consumer. Boom. And that's, that's and that's what's happening. So do do I think we're going that direction 100%? Can yeah. I see it in the next 20 years? Yes. Then in the next decade or so, slowly inching? I don't know. I'll I'm going to put it out there sooner. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to put everything that you both are saying makes perfect sense, right? So let's tie it all together. So basically, we put out there, hey, user-generated content right now we put all our content, first it was Facebook and Twitter. They, we supply, they don't write anything themselves. We provide all the content, Instagram, all that, and they monetize it. So that's them owning it. We provide it. They monetize, and then if you're like the Kim Kardashian, LeBron James of the world, then you can get sponsorships and all that. You can get those many kind of follows, right? TikTok kind of changed that game a little bit. What's happening now is like, well, exactly what both of you, Avneet and Jason just said, we're going to be owning our own content which means we can monetize it on our own structure. I invested, I told you a fan base, remember? <laughs> Plug. <laughs> Let's see what happens. But I invested in a company that's trying to do that. They're like the OnlyFans meets IG meets TikTok meets, now they have a little film studio in there. So they're doing a bunch of interesting things. So there's that. That's that's where we're going. Now, 
I'm going to take it a step further. Right now we look at, okay, LVMH, Balenciaga, high-end brands. Apple is supposed to be a premium brand in the phone market. If I get a green bubble, I'm like, man, that dude is poor, so I'm going to send. I'm gonna Venmo him 10 bucks. I'm kidding. Uh, shots at <laughs> Samsung, folks. I'm just kidding because <laughs> they're always taking shots at me. Okay, so these are brands that we know. They kind of predict our futures, right? Like, okay, they, they put out content and then, you know, and clothing, purses, whatever it is, and then we buy what they offer to us. I think at some point, they're going to be personalities, and it's starting to happen. Mr. Beast, Logan Paul, they might be bigger, as big if not bigger than a, like 20, 30 years from now, an equivalent can be, hey, you know what? Mr. Beast can flip burgers, and I like them better than McDonald's or Shake Shack or whatever it is. He's got a burger thing, apparently. Um, and I don't know much about him, but my kids, my, one of my kids gets into it. Uh, and then this Logan Paul dude, he's actually a legit fighter. He's fighting older dudes. It's like me taking on, you know... Um, how can I say this without being? I'm be some. I'm gonna be PC. Like so just me playing someone in a, a sport that who's like you know in like seventies. You know what I'm saying? And who was a professional athlete. So he's he's fighting that equivalent. Like you know, Sil Silva. Uh, Jake Paul just fought him last yeah. week. He's forty seven years old, forty eight, right? So and, and and it was a fake kind of win, but like he's, but more power to him, man. He created a brand, and his brother's even a better fighter, Logan dish Paul dish apparently, dish. and. He, Right? He created a brand and he can sell anything. He's got a hundred thousand. He sold a hundred million bottles of some power thing. I looked into him like this guy's a pure business model and anything he jumps into, he's crushing it. Mr. Beast, somebody tried to acquire his whole entire asset class for like a one five one bill. And he's like, no, I'm worth more. I'm probably worth seven, eight. I think that's what people are kind of rumoring. I think the, the prediction, I think there's going to be people that are Kim Kardashian's who is ever the next generation is of that is going to be bigger than a company. She's a phenomenal, and she's you know I think they're going to be more important than and more influential, and they can release direct to consumer. It's a D to C play then, right? Can, does that kind of make sense? It, it truly kills Hot the middleman. Hot take. Goes, goes back to Punjab, man. You gotta own the gotta <laughs> own the land. What? <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know what I like when non-Punjabi start singing uh, our boys' songs. Um, y your cousins went to the concert, right, Jason? You were saying? Yeah, my sister did. He's like, a Monday paggle and a salary. I'm like, what the fuck are you saying, man? We're butchering our language. <laughs> just just let, make some Italy's or whatever you got to make. Just let us handle this. <laughs> Wait, fun, fun take on that. Nas was on stage with him. I don't know if you guys That's, saw this. Oh, you missed that. That's what I, didn't you hear me say that? Avnit, I said that earlier. That's what I said last I week. I was confused. I didn't want to like sound like... Like the Nas. He brought Nas out. The yeah. yeah. poet. So, and that's what that's what I was saying. Like Jason, I think you, yeah, you were doing your Uber delivery then. Uh, but like he he he, and then Drake was mentioning a bunch of like South Asian superstars at a concert, and everyone was cheering him on because you know it's like Silicon Valley all over Canada, right? They're all Daisy. <laughs> he was in Brampton, I bet. <laughs> but I'm I'm like hooked on that dude's music, man. Uh, you know, yeah, dude, I'm just loving that dude's vibe. It's it's cool, and he's like cool legit kid. I feel like such an old cat. I, I only listen to Summer High at the end of the summer like literally like last week of summer and I'm like I'm telling my cousins Yo, this is a great song and they're like dude where you been the last two months it's like, are you still dapping I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. My, my kid told me you shouldn't dap you're an idiot dad I'm like man you want to eat tomorrow I'm just kidding sorry I'm need, you were about to say something <laughs> I wasn't I'm just drunk okay I like a drunk of neat is the best kind of I don't, I'm feeling kidding. is I don't mutual I, <laughs> yeah. I should pour up more, man. So where are we going from here, man? So, hey, Venture, we want asymmetric outcomes. Boom. That's all we want to say. I think Venture kind of predicts the future, too. We place bets on what we think is going to happen eight to ten years down the road, and boom, if it happens, it happens. Boom. 
I think Coming to this Ventures world. Ventures a great correlator to the the recession. I think it's great to see future technologies, and I think I think people when they don't understand something very much time like venture they're afraid of it and i think and who all of the millions of listeners out there don't be afraid of venture read about it look into it check it out you got of neat you have uh, uh dr bashar over here they will they will let you know everything you need to know but don't be afraid of it it's it's 32 it's years of macular. schooling this guy over here you see my plaque should we, right <laughs> should we just finish this accent and like this the accent should we just let people know what it is go for it of you got it probably the best go for it <laughs> So what I think is what we should do is <laughs> hot what voice what do you sing speak louder please <laughs> you kick my dog <laughs> oh that's a classic I haven't heard that in a while dude that's so she pulled it out she went deep she went deep <laughs> so what if I had to <laughs> awesome. if I had to say something um, I think think 10 years ahead and think disruption i think our world will never be the same same way the dot-com boost was the predecessor for everything we're seeing now we will not be living in the same world in the next five to ten years so be prepared for that shift um yeah. but also um be prepared for the best as well like it's exciting right we gotta be positive yeah. too Love the I love stuff it. like this drives innovation. I'm all about it. I want to see what is next. I'm, I'm I, I want to come into the the play. I want to be the person who's looking at, hey, which of these companies are going to survive? And it's up to us as consumers to to watch out for that because it's going to be us collectively who are deciding what these larger Dictating. companies are going to buy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah be be mindful, be focused. Don't spend your your money on on StockX shoes for no apparent reason when you already have ten of them. But buy one and then invest the rest. I love it. I, I love that. I, that's what I'm teaching my kids. I gave them a chunk of money over the. I'm like, hey, this is yours. Yeah, I want, if you, I want you to grow this to 25k by the time you graduate. They, they got like 12 years, but you know, let's see, 10 years. <laughs> let's hope. I want them to do. I want them to see if they learn. They're gonna lose and they're gonna they're gonna win. So let's see. That's that's the part of the game. Uh, Venture's beautiful. I love it. Come in. Uh, you want to see? You know, Mr. Beast could be like. Let's say this: the next Mr. Beast. Let's say of that caliber could say, "Hey, all venture community or innovators out there, I want to do this. This is a challenge I have. Solve it for me, and people can flock to it and try to solve it, right? And then he might be dictating where innovation comes from. I think you know we talked about Twitter earlier. Neith, you brought it up. Great point. I think they're going to try to create a WeChat out of it. He's already got Binance, the CEO, his homies of Elon. He injected 500 mil into it. They want to put crypto on there. So there's going to be exchange. There's going to be it's going to be just like WeChat, which is a brilliant app in China, right? There's a social media component you can share. Why wouldn't you do this either? Like Washington Post, I don't even know if, is Huffington Post still around? New York Times is still there. Let's go with them. Epoch Times, Jason's favorite conservative newspaper. If they want their <laughs> Twitter is a great journalistic tool, right? All the journalists are on there pumping their agenda and everyone's there. Why not get an enterprise level? Hey, New York Times, Washington Post, give us 300K. All your journalists can use our stuff for free. Because uh, right now they're gonna, they're moving to a paid model. Why not do that kind of stuff? Get innovative around the thinking models. Because Elon has to find a profit because he overpaid three four x on Twitter, two three at least, right? So he has to figure it out. Um, and, and I think he I think he will. I think he's that sharp a dude. I think he caught himself in a corner, but he's the one guy that kind of dude. He's got rockets relanding and reusable, right? You got Tesla. He's the one that spearheaded. He didn't found Tesla, but he was the engine behind it, right? Two fun guys that found it are from my. Undergrad, 
I mean, f- 60 years before I went there, but like Shahid Khan's there, who owns the Jaguars too. Uh, he's from my undergrad, but 30 years before I went there. But you know, it's like there's innovative stuff that came out. Andreessen Horowitz, Mark Andreessen's from U of I too. Bam. All right, enough, enough gloating. All right, Andreessen where do you want to go from here? We should call Somehow it out. We should clean out and talk about drinks. Him in every time. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so drinks, man. So give us you you brought up conundrum and you brought up Glenn Levitt to twelve. Any special endorsement or attachment to the drink? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the 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 scotches specifically remind Lady me. Second, of course. Of Just course, kidding, kidding. the scot the scotches specifically. <laughs> I think I mentioned this on my pod before about about on the pod before about how it it talks about how you're loving leveling leveling up, right? But there's the other the flip side to that is about the memories that you make with it. And uh, the first drink I ever had was with my my grandfather, and my grandmother's mm-hmm. not doing so well at the moment, and I know she's going to get better. But it's uh, I'm going to see her next week in Toronto, and I'm telling you every nice. time I have a sip of this, it's like one of those the the memory comes back, and you're sitting there and you're you're sipping on it, and, and it feels good because because you know their their blessings are with you and for for you know to 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 sum up everything we've talked about you know hey own own that house own the property become the boss do what you got to do and with every sip i take Mm -hmm. just continue continue Mm -hmm. striving for success that's it underneath your turn bam um i i are we talking about the drink specifically apple yeah, uh, give uh, audience our billions of listeners. Uh, Avneet fell down, so she's getting herself back up under her chair. All right, go ahead. Yeah, we're talking she's about in drink. a conundrum. conundrum. <laughs> so I think what this drink means to me is, is I it represents to me empowerment, right? I think I'm finally at a space in my life where I realize I'm like pretty cool, and I think you're tired. <laughs> We think you're pretty cool too. (laughs) I feel like a lot of the times as you get older, especially as a minority, especially having seen everything you've seen, sometimes you kind of walk through the world with a chip on your shoulder. And I feel like I finally got to a point in my life where I'm like, I'm the shit. I'm awesome. And everyone around me is awesome. Like, it's so cool that I get to have this interaction, right? It's just Mm -hmm. embracing that, like, you're valid and you're loved for yourself like and love for your community and love for what you do. And you should be passionate about what you're doing and you should be, you, you should like go hard on like repping who you are and loving on yourself because like, oh, I love it, man. You know what I mean? Like that's like, I was in Napa Valley doing my thing, like having a good time. Like my, my parents couldn't do that, but I'm the generation to do that. So, you know, I, I think I'm, I think I'm the shit. And I think I'm finally at that point where I acknowledge that. Sit down. Be <laughs> humble. I'm sorry. I'm just talking about Sir Kendrick Lamar. Stuff. Guns <laughs> blazing. I love it. I love it, though. You know, you got over the it. summer. I'm gonna say, yeah, we've we've arrived, right? We've arrived in our lives, and let's let's thrive, right? So we were in Iceland. I think right after I talked to you, Jason, at last time, the last pod, we went there, and yeah. we saw glaciers. Clearly, obviously, there's global warming is a thing. We saw it, and even those guys who look like Thor mentioned it. Hey, global warming is a thing. Can you tell your people back home in America that this is a uh, because you used to be like 20% covered with glaciers, now it's 8%, and we saw chunks of it just floating, right? 18 hours later, after seeing the glaciers, we drove back and we were at, we saw a live volcano. Once a once in a lifetime, we actually hiked up an hour. We started at midnight. Uh, we drove up to the place. That was an hour. And then we hiked like three hours to go see this. And it was beautiful uh, in the middle of the night. So three, four of us, like 14 of us, like our, our crew that travels together. So these are life experiences, man. You got to have it. You fly back from Iceland and you see Greenland, which is 80% ice, right? And you see that. And that's mesmerizing as well. But have these life experiences. Look, I like single malt. 
I, you know, I love a good single malt with friends, and I don't even drink a lot. I'll do like one or two max usually. I mean, you know, let's be honest. It might be more if there's a good gathering going on. But, like, I just like sitting and having a conversation with good people, right? And I enjoy that. And single malt's always brought that out. Generally, I've had some phenomenal conversations and some beautiful relationships that have just kind of blossomed having a sip of whiskey in my hand. Uh, so I love it. Shit you should know. Let's get there. Um, anything that you want that you're utilizing. This is a long episode. We're probably going to split it in two. I'm just going to let you know right now. Uh, usually we're 45 minutes uh, at true Desi fashion. We're going 14 hours in. Um, <laughs> like a Bollywood movie. Uh, <laughs> part three. Salah. Okay. Uh, give me something. Avneet. Shit you should know. Any app content you're consuming that you think is amazing that everyone should know about? So... The item that has been my go-to, my savior, and I think I brought this up in your course as well when I um, was able to see you and Jason in person, is actually Whoop, um, W-H-O-O-P. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, you mentioned that. Yeah. it's. I've been an athlete my entire life, but I've also been an athlete who like could be better at monitoring her food intake, energy levels, sleep. And since I've gotten Whoop, I everything's improved in my life. I have a better, I monitor myself better. And I think as busy professionals like the three of us, it is, it has been a lifesaver for me. So I, health is wealth and whoop to me is a perfect monthly investment, you know? So love it. Love it. Love it. Shit you should know. Uh, I'm going to say one of the most cliche things and I didn't believe it until I tried it, but um, last couple of years, obviously grad school, trying to like figure out life, trying to f- see what's going on. I've been glued to my phone, my computer, tablet, you name it, you know, like just Apple, whatever it is. And, and recently, you know, like I've been thinking about how I need to like de-stress and like I'm having, having trouble sleeping here and there and stuff like that. And time away from your phone is the biggest, biggest thing that has improved my life tremendously. Similar to, to the, the watch, the whoop. It's, it's, we constantly on it. You wake up, scroll, you, you go to sleep right before you're scrolling, you're setting your alarms, doing whatever. But this, this like, I don't know, I've been taking five, six, seven hours away from that, all of that. Like, yeah, I'm at work and stuff. But, and, and yeah, like you take the train, et cetera. But comes a point in time, even if it's for an hour, two hours, like, like consciously put it away and just say that I'm going to focus on whatever's going on in the moment. And I know what I'm saying sounds cliche because it was told to me two years ago and I didn't believe it. And I was like, ah, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's my phone. It makes my life easier, but it actually, it actually adds more stress. It adds more, more of this, this mental capacity that I don't think I need where I'm, I'm constantly searching for the next thing that's on my phone or the next meeting that mm-hmm. I have or whatever the case may be. And, uh, should you should know, Put it away for even half an hour, an hour, whatever works. But I promise you, you will have a better, better view on life. You'll be in the moment. And then when there are times where you're, you're itching to check your phone, but you're somewhere important, that won't happen anymore. You'll be focused to the best of your ability. And I promise you, and if, and if that doesn't happen to you, listeners, money back from Dr. Bashar over here. <laughs> you know, Avnita, I thought of you uh, a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were looking for, uh, so looking for a new doctor in this, uh, in this, in the new area we're in. So, I found someone, and then we found, oh, they're out of network. They're like one of those premium ones where you spend like three, four K to get a proper body assessment. It's, it's, it's pricey. So it's higher than any premium, right? And I was like, oh, shit, I thought it was going to be covered. But then, then you're like, then I was still thinking to my wife, like, hey, should we do this? Should we do it? Because we were thinking about it. Because then I thought about you said, when you mentioned Whoop like three, four months ago to me, uh, the, the thing you use and the application and all of that with it and monitoring everything. Like this, they do tr- true blood tests. So, hey, there's the generalized things that people do, and they're like, oh, your cholesterol is this, that, that. But this goes deep into, hey, this is what you need to rectify, or you're going to have this 
this type of problem, high likelihood of that future down the road. They can do those kind of assessments, full bodies, you know, blood scan, everything, full body scan, everything. I was thinking about doing it. So that's maybe something like you said, health is wealth. Uh, that's one thing. A book. I'm going to say, so I'm not a, okay, I'm not a, not a fan, but I'm not a big fan. This guy, like Scott Galloway, you've heard of him? He's like this marketing guy that talks about finance, usually gets it wrong. I'm kind of being like that finance guy that, and biz dev guy that talks about marketing, usually gets that wrong. So I think we're coming from different sides. We meet in the middle. I like his brand. He's crazy and sharp. I like that. Or you, I like delivering kind of, I think, for me, education with humility and humor was always the easiest way to learn and retain. And I try to do that in class, Jason. Like, hey, let's keep it low key and less stress and let's have fun and hopefully we'll learn something together. And then I like that. But he's got a book out called Adrift or something like that. It's like 100 charts, which is less words, you know, good for me. <laughs> I like listening more than reading uh, in audiobooks and all that. So, but it's good. It, it tells charts like, hey, China's rise, India's this, globe, and then, you know, Ray Dalio's always, his glo- global empire stuff is always great. But like, it's some of those kind of same charts. But he's got 100 charts telling us why America is here how we peg ourselves and benchmark us across the globe and it's simplistic read check it out boom that's it what is it called i think it's drift it's sitting right over there it's drift or a drift it's a hundred charts just do scott galloway and you'll find it it's kind of a dope book i picked it up sounds dope very cool think good you guys want to sing then we got to get out because i have to go eat <laughs> my kids i told them i told them 45 minutes ago i'm done <laughs> Lady, ladies first right, oh man it. oh man so, I know Apple is also a singer, so you can't just make me and Jason sing and you not sing. Um, but that I sounds. will sing Jasmine Sullivan, I'm in love with another man, just because you gotta give it up for the OG R&B singers, and I don't think she's gotten enough recognition until recently. All right. If I could, Damn. could forget him, I would. Please believe me, if I could, I would throw the towel in, but maybe it's not, not that easy, you treated me so much better than him, and if I would say there'd be no compromise, but I'm in love with another man. Damn. <laughs> Done. Fire. Fire. That was beautiful. Love it. I love it. Thank you. I love it. Get in there, Jason. Well, I, I, how am I supposed to top that? That was That's beautiful. Tough. Yeah, because I, I ain't doesn't right. it. <laughs> See you later. Deuces. I probably shouldn't be singing this on your on your pod because of the millions of followers, but... Uh, so, so I, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I apologize. Didn't mean to offend you. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm creating a, a song for my upcoming wedding and it's about, it's about the moment that my fiance and I first met. And so the song is about that. I'm gonna give you a little snippet, not the full thing, you know, a little teaser. And you guys tell me if it's uh, it's good or it's trash. And if it's trash, I respect your opinion. So that's cool, but it's not anyway. Damn. 
There once was a girl, she was staring at me. Moment I saw her, I dropped to my knees. More than a girl, she's the one from my dreams. And I knew right then, she was the one for me. Man, she made me weak, she was oh so sweet. I wanna make my queen, she is the one from my dreams. Oh, she's all I need. Oh, she's all I need. Oh, she's all I need. Look at that. Look at this guy. Yeah. You got little Daisy runs in there, too, man. I love it. Yes, sir. 100%. I sang, so when you said that the other day, I said, because I wrote my wife a song when when we got married, and I sang that to her that day. Uh, and it was surprising with it, but that's that's not what I'm gonna sing. <laughs> I don't remember the words. I was kidding. It was a while ago. See if you guys know this song. I'm sorry, lady and gent. If you know this song, <clears throat> what is it? It's before your time. It's before my time too. So you know, boom, bam, not that old shit. All right. Let's hear it. <laughs> Love unconditional. I'm not asking this of you. But girl, to make it last, I'll do whatever needs to be done. Any idea? I know it's way. It's before my time. I know this song, Otto, but I'm it's new edition. Uh, new can edition, you stand the can rain? It's one of my favorite yes. songs. My kids hate when I play because I played it a billion times. It's more, I it's love more new like, edition. I know it's, it's like way in like you know I grew up with Belle Bill DeVoe, which is way before your time, but they came out a new edition, right? And then um like Poison and all that stuff. And that's when we first kind of started doing stuff. But like I love them. So we host a startup showcase, right? And Michael Bivens when they did the new edition BET series, which was amazing, by the way, it came out on BET like two three years ago. Must be three years ago. Right, the, uh, my startup showcase was the one general session of this conference, and his interview was the other. I went to see him; I was in awe. I just loved him because I grew up on this guy. Our startup session got rated higher than him. Like, I'd rather see him all day than me. But you know, hey, I'll give the people what they want. But like, he was—he's just so dope. Michael Bivens is—he was a phenomenal businessman back in the day too, right? And he's Boys to Men, ABC. All these cats came out of him. You don't even know these groups, do you? You know Boys to Men? You probably know Boys to Men. Boys to Men. Oh, you do? Okay, ABC. You never heard of them? No. I another bad creation. It was called. <laughs> I mean, it was another. It was a joke. It was their kids, and they kind of came up uh, out of that whole thing. And then there was another dude, MC Drama. Ever? I think his name was. No, MC Drama. <laughs> MC Drama. But yeah, it was good stuff. Beautiful singing. I gotta go because uh, I gotta make some dinner and for the kids. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> this was amazing. I appreciate you coming on, and let's do this again. Let's do it like a little longer. I mean, uh, let's give us give the singing portion a bit more breathing room too. Let's do that. We Love it. I want. Let's hear about your songs. I want to get the song. These two recorded together. We'll release that if you, uh, if you show us where the. We'll link to it if you allow us. Uh, beautiful voices, man. I love love having you both on. Thank you. It was a pleasure. It's love an you, absolute dude. pleasure. Thank you. Stay in Thank school. Don't do drugs. <laughs> don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Okay. Let's get together for a drink in person, please. Thank you very much. I'm gonna stop this. 